Hey fun fans, coming up on this week of FRC Roundup, we're going to be taking a look at FRC Q as an extension to a previous topic. Inflation causing issues for FRC teams and what they can do to save money ahead of next year's season. And a thread created by our guest Marshall on Chief Delphi talking about some items that should be in the kit of parts. All of this and more coming up on this edition of FRC Roundup Offseason Edition. Your destination for first content, updates, and gaming. Welcome, Welcome to, to the fun. fun. First updates now, supported by Stryker Careers. If you're a college student or recent graduate looking for an incredible internship, take a look at Stryker. Stryker provides a housing stipend, great pay, and an opportunity to work with state-of-the-art medical technology equipment. Discover why so many first alumni are coming to Stryker for their internship or career at careers.stryker.com. First updates now, supported by Kettering University. Kettering University hosts three co-op employment fairs each year for incoming and current students. Participating in the co-op employment process at Kettering is a great way to begin turning robotics experience into a professional career to earn money towards graduating debt-free. If you are a senior, it's not too late to apply at kettering.edu slash apply. All right, welcome back to the show. If you have not cut our show previously, this is a show that normally follows FRC Recap on Monday nights during the season, but we've extended FRC Roundup into the offseason. This will be a monthly show where we take a look at anything hot in FRC, highlight some discussion points about events that may have happened, or anything that really correlates with FRC. If you, the fun community, think that there is a topic that we should discuss on FRC Roundup, please feel free to ping me on the fun Discord, and I'll be more than happy to take a look at it. If you guys aren't familiar with me, my name is Nick Mathis, and I'm currently in the first in Michigan region and was previously with Team 4130. And I am Connor McBride, mentor from Team 166 Chop Shop and game announcer out of the New England district. Our guest tonight is Marshall Massengill from Team 900, the Zebra Corns in the North Carolina district. Welcome to the show, Marshall. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no problem, Marshall. Uh, before we get to our first topic, we did want to take a moment and recognize and remember a key member of the first family. Scott Leibert, who is a mentor on Team 2465 out of Hawaii, judge, CSA, founder of Kauai Labs, and creator of the NavX family of products, passed away last week. Marshall, I know that you and Scott went way back. Uh, would you like to say a few words in remembrance of Scott? Yeah, uh, I, I think I was telling you guys before the show earlier, uh, this, this hit me pretty hard yesterday when I found out. In fact, we were in our lab, um, and the person who alerted me to it's actually uh, the one of the co-founders for uh, Cross the Road Electronics, so Omar Zarayan. So Omar and Scott and myself actually all met at championships forever ago, I think, and um, Omar, I think, was in shock just like I was. Uh, you know, he, he asked me if I'd heard the news and at that point I hadn't, uh, but quickly went and checked things out and, uh, it, it took a minute to kind of parse things it's still has, it's been sinking in all day. Um, so Scott and I met just by sheer random coincidence of ordering a Navex way back in like 2015 or so, maybe, maybe early 2014, somewhere in there. Um, and we'd ordered two of them and he only sent us one and I had to call and ask a bunch of questions. And it was like the very start of, I think, Kauai Labs and what they were working on. And we got to talking and lo and behold, there was some stuff we were doing with LabVIEW that he's like, I would really appreciate some help. And we were happy to do it because we were big into open source and wanting to contribute back to the larger community. And just everything happened to work out is one of those things. And I think he was extraordinarily grateful. Uh, in fact, the 
mentor at the time that did a lot of that work. He's now out in Seattle working for Amazon. I had to inform him yesterday as well as uh, some other mentors from 900 that are no longer on the team, but are off doing other things in other parts of the world. And I think all of us were just sad. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking uh, to lose anybody, let alone uh, somebody who's contributed so much. I, I think Scott genuinely kind of reshaped the landscape for what we expect from IMUs within FRC um, and brought about a bunch of change uh, as a result of that and has enabled just tons of cool navigation type stuff on the field. So, um, so yeah, it, it hit me pretty hard. Um, yeah. So Scott, wherever you are, man, miss you. Yeah. Thanks for that, Marshall. Appreciate it. All right. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first topic tonight, and that's going to be taking a look at FRCQ. So I know previously, uh, Connor and I in a previous show had taken a look at the um, discussion of, you know, queuing in general and some other volunteer um, positions. But um, recently, FRCQ was uh, released and um, was asking for essentially a, a couple of pilots um, for off-season events. And it's essentially a program that allows the lead queuer to use an interactive program. And then from there would obviously be able to relate to teams and have them sign up to get immediate texts on when they're actually needed on the field and see true positioning of where they're at. So um, in my opinion, I, I was super excited to see this. I, I actually haven't really seen an interactive format like this, although looking into the thread, it seems like this is uh, possibly done a couple of years ago and kind of dizzled off, but it sounds like this one's a big hit. Um, and, you know, I would really like to see it. I would want to, you know, one of the previous shows, I was a pretty big proponent of having the option to have a team be able to sign up and get text updates as queuing would go on. And uh, I think that allows us to do that. So it sounds like uh, they uh, have had people reach out and he's got or the owner of the company uh, has um, a lot of interest from off seasons and more trials than he was expecting to run are going to happen. So. Hopefully um, they'll be able to run, you know, at least three trials this year and uh, work out some friction points and, um, you know, hopefully try and get it possibly even for the 2023 season. So Connor, we'll go ahead to you and then jump to Marshall after that. I am really, really excited about this. Um, so I haven't actually requested this for our off season event, but I plan on emailing them about uh, using it for, uh, 166's off-season event, Mayhem and Merrimack, September 24th, by the way. Sign-ups are July 1st. Uh, little plug there. Um, I Yeah, so I, my team has fallen victim to um, poor queuing in the past, so to say. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say poor queuing, but I guess that's, that's kind of how it is. Um, so like we, it's perfect that we're actually talking about this topic because we this was one of our uh, discussion points last month on the show when we had Ryan on. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll kind of go over a couple of the stories that we talked about in the last show at Pine Tree. There were three cures. They had, there was the lead cure and then they had a cure on each side of the field for each Alliance. So they weren't sending anyone to the pits to go and queue teams. Uh, granted there were only 25 teams at the event and they were the pits to the field were maybe two to 300 feet so like we could hear everything we we're all in like we're in a field house essentially so we're able to see and hear everything and it was pretty easy to be able to cure ourselves but like for example in houston at the championship we didn't have anyone coming around to queue us uh for our matches and that can be really hard when you have to go walk five thousand miles uphill oh, yeah. both ways in the snow 
Um, <laughs> we were we were fortunate that it was either one fifteen or one fourteen uh, were right next to us in the pits, and they had a TV and they were streaming the Newton Field, so we were able to keep track of like what match we were on by that. But to be able to have some kind of pager like this, like FRCQ. I think is is super super helpful. I'm really curious to see what the feedback is from other events uh, that end up using this as kind of like the I don't want want to say test monkeys, but like you know this is yeah uh, yeah they're they're the trial stages. Um, I can I can see in some ways that this could be an issue during regular season events, depending upon what venues are being used for what. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, WPI. Uh, there, there's a there's a district qualifying event there. Sometimes it's district champs, and then we have Battle Cry, which was a few weeks ago. Um, having that would be super helpful for how many teams there are. But the downside is that there is very very little cell service, if any, uh, in the pits. Uh, the pits are like surrounded by like a foot foot and a half thick walls of concrete, so you're you're almost you're you're kind of roaming for data the entire time. It's best to throw your phone into airplane mode. So the, the effectiveness to be able to use the app at that point is a little slim to none, depending. Uh, so you'd kind of have to like walk outside um, or I know some places are in schools. So some might have like a, like a cell block going right. on there. Uh, but I think in, I think it's safe to say 75 to 80% of FRC venues throughout regular season won't have that problem. Because most of them are still kind of like in regionals format, so it's a lot of like like universities and arenas and stuff like that. So um, I'm really curious to see uh, how this works. I'm really hoping my off season event can be one of those uh, can be part of the pilot program. Yeah, just a caveat to that. I know you'd mentioned universities, but I mean Tyler knows at MSC there is zero cell service in the entire place. So really, um, yeah, the and I could be I'm I'm almost positive that there is a there's a, a specific cell jammer they put up actually in the arena because obviously there's four fields going on with one proximity. Right. So, but yeah, Marshall, right. what do you think going overall on FRCQ? Man, I, I'm a simple mentor from Eastern North Carolina. You guys keep saying Q, and I just want some vinegar barbecue that's all i got man that's it um no i you know what i i think it's about time we had something like this i really yeah. think i i think it was uh it was either copioli or jvn or somebody made some comment forever ago about how we ought to be using the restaurant queuing systems yeah. to like alert yep. teams and i'm all for it like i don't know give give I, I think it gives more control to the, to, to the teams. I think it also enables the volunteers to be more effective with the time they've got and For sure. not have to go hunt down everybody. And I don't know, it makes the teams more responsible in the long run, which I think hopefully that's what we're all here for is yeah. trying to, to, to turn <laughs> high schoolers into adults. Yeah. Um, or adults into high schoolers. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think it's what we need. Like, I, I think more of this is good. I, I'm super excited that it was like a very well done, well polished website and listed, yeah. you know, very it's what you would expect. Yeah. It's what you would expect from, from a professional product, which I think is really cool. So hopefully mm-hmm. some off seasons will try it out, get them some feedback and we can learn from mistakes and issues and make it better and figure out how to take it forward. So, yeah. Tyler, you had a Ace. couple things to add. Oops, real real quick, based off the screenshots on their website, it looks pretty professional too, which is yeah. which is really what caught my eye there. So, well, I mean, how how a product looks in screenshot might be very different than how it 
truly true. Yeah, but, uh, we'll see. Hey, proof man, of, proof of concept only goes so far sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so a couple couple things just want to bring up uh, as uh, Nick alluded to a little bit. Um, we actually did reach out to Evan who uh, created this uh, as well too. So just a couple things uh, from him uh, about it. First off, uh, if you're not familiar with Evan, he's the one who created Divisions.co. Uh, so if you use that, oh, I did uh, not know all, that. Say, yeah, same person for that, which is really cool. Uh, that website's well. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So and and, and as, as you mentioned as well, uh, more off season events than what he was even planning on doing have already reached out to pilot this, which I think is really cool to have that interest uh, for it as well. Uh, just a couple of notes from him in regards to it. Uh, he says, uh, lead, lead queuers are given full control over the queuing process to ensure accurate information is communicated with teams. The interface is also designed to be very easy to use. Uh, queuers just have to tap a button and all teams in the upcoming match will receive a text message uh, in seconds, which I think uh, from interface wise seems uh, really cool on there. And I'd love to hear from uh, live chat, uh, any feedback uh, that you think about this as well too. Uh, one other thing, uh, it says queuers do more than just call teams to matches. An FRC queue will support a lot of uh, additional functionality, as well as uh, his favorite, at least right now, is to support for entering in filler teams during practice matches that uh, automatically handshakes sweet. with FMS uh, what, as well, which I think is kind of cool for getting that in. Um, one other thing uh, I just want to quickly comment on. So we, we, you know, we post fun posts in a lot of different uh, venues and mediums, right, which has a lot of different uh, types of people in FRC. And I think, you know, posting – uh, this on Cheap Delphi, when Evan posts, I think it's had a positive reception to it. I will say, though, posting on like social media, for example, Facebook, which tends to be like uh, like I run the uh, First Rebox Facebook group, for example, uh, and of course on Fun's page, the reception hasn't been as warm, uh, which actually very surprised uh, me on that. A lot of just like, hey, you know, what if there is no cell phone? What if things just don't work? You know, can you know, there's a lot of technology <laughs> issues. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not saying that's my opinion necessarily. But right. No, I, know. I admit I was a little surprised uh, uh, to hear that as well from from this program. Darn, we get some, well, but it's it's we get we get some tech. <laughs> wait a minute, we get some technology involved in the process that, in theory, makes the paper the current paper based process a little more resilient. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. Like, yeah, what's yeah. the worst case? They still have to go around, and, and now they have a, a tablet instead of a clipboard. Like, right. I don't know. I don't think that's the end of the world. I'll be honest. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. We're looking at a couple uh, things from chat here. Um, uh, forgive me, I'm going to butcher this, but a uh, NLSNGRN, I don't even know how you pronounce that, but uh, maybe PQ uh, helpers can help teams just using the program at least for the first year. Not a bad idea. Um, and then uh, ISVAR, God, I'm so bad at names. Uh, perhaps dedicated devices instead of relying on phones would be a better solution um, in the long run. So I think that kind of relates to the restaurant. Um, buzzer actually as well in that sense but um yeah any other last thoughts before we move on to topic two i want it yeah i agree so before we uh actually move on to topic two we're going to go ahead and bring tyler back on to talk to our talk about our friends from striker yeah, actually, we'll, we're just going to show a quick video, a little bit more about uh, striker careers and their culture. And if you're interested, uh, co-ops internships are going to be starting up in the fall very soon. Uh, so make sure you check them out at careers.strykr.com. And of course, if you're looking for a job out of college or your seasoned professional, take a look at Striker. And here's a little more about them. I love working for Striker. I'm genuinely excited to come to work every day. The minute you walk through that door, you know you are part of something special. We support each other and look out for each other. I love Stryker because we are like a family. 
At Stryker, I own my career. There are so many different places Stryker can take me in the next five years. Noi crediamo che quello che facciamo è molto importante. Together, with our customers, we are driven to make healthcare better. Great people with a strong mission and values can accomplish great things together. All right, welcome back. Can we jump into topic two? Um, and we're going to be kind of focusing on, uh, unfortunately, the, the inevitable. Um, obviously, inflation is going up. And um, with that, you know, unfortunately, our FRC parts prices are also going to be increasing, in, increasing, increasing too. Um, so we're going to be kind of highlighting uh, what some teams can do uh, to maybe save some money ahead of build season and uh, kind of go from there. So a couple of my things uh, that I had looked into, you know, obviously stuff raises price in from year to year has been the past couple of years before it really taken the hike um, post COVID. And I know looking at Marshall's comment in this thread, guy cry, laugh, cry some more, <laughs> but uh, you know, just looking at like a price of uh, an eight by four sheet of polycarbonate um, last year to now, it's like almost $150 difference, even with the discount that um, we used to get when I was with 4130. And um, you know, the two biggest things that I have that I can recommend to teams is, um, if you can try and not buy your product from the big box store like Home Depot or Lowe's or anything like that. And I love Home Depot. I'm a proponent of Home Depot. But, um, you know, I, I often found being able to get like specifically like Home Depot sells polycarbonate. And I don't know if they saw an eight by four sheet of it, but when I reached out to like the local plastics dealer in the small town of Richmond that I live in that has 6,000 people, they were able to get it for not even what they pay for it, a little bit more what they pay for it, and it was still half the price of what Home Depot was. So if you can, maybe reach out to a couple of the um, local suppliers that you have. I know they're probably also struggling with, you know, post-pandemic and post-pandemic, I would say like we're in post-pandemic, but the pandemic and uh, taking a look at, you know, even them trying to deal with, you know, the increasing cost and trying to keep customers with stuff increasing. So, you know, they can always use your help with that. Um, and then the other thing too, as well as the biggest thing that I can say right now is in, you know, we can kind of hit on this and Marshall, I'll go to you after this, but buy it now while you can, cause it's probably going up before January. So, <laughs> you know, if you can go out, fundraise, get as much stuff as you can right now. Like if you know, you're going to be using Falcons, if you know, you're going to be using polycarb, you know, you're going to be using an aluminum stock tube, buy it all before school goes back into session. Cause it's probably going to keep going up. So Marshall, go ahead and throw it to you. Uh, if you can find Falcons, I, I, sure, you can't even find Falcons right now. I would love, <laughs> let me know where you I, found them. I would love to know where, no, um, in general, I think the, uh, the thing to keep in mind is if you can buy it now, buy it now. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't have great solutions to this problem. Um, I'm really hoping that at the very least they will consider doing something about COTS computing devices in the rules as I have asked for, I don't know, the last four years or so to have that cost limit increased to something more reasonable um, and not tying it to everything else or whatever it is they want to do. Um, I'm, I'm only a little bit frustrated by that, I promise. Um, but 
I really hope they'll consider that. I will point out that, that this amused me to no end this past year. The rules were written, and I think they increased the limit to like $600 or something. Mm-hmm. Technically, the kit of parts chassis is now like $700, and I suspect that's going to go up too, which is hysterical <laughs> to me. It's like, okay, we're clearly like the rules aren't even keeping track of what the actual cost. Like, I get what <laughs> you're trying to do, and I, I, I admire wanting to keep everything on a level playing field right. and whatever, but I'm sorry. Like the, the best part to me, we bought, I'm not going to tell better yet because they're so rare and hard to come by right now. Uh, Jetson, uh, a Jetson Xavier NX is like, uh, it, it's, it's gold uh, for mm-hmm. the moments. Um, there, there are teams that are coming about now. that are like, we really want to do vision or whatever. Where do we find these things? You can't. And I don't know what to tell you. I, I have no answers. So my personal opinion is that first headquarters needs to update the rules to make COTS computing devices into their whole own thing, or just remove the, for, for the moment, remove the price limit and see what happens. I don't think anybody's going to stick a data center on a robot legitimately, uh, even 900 uh, to, to try and work around something like it's just, it's not conceivable with the battery power we have and everything right. else. But yeah. that aside, like, deal with it i don't know i i don't have an answer for this it's 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 a crappy situation for everybody uh mentors if you're listening to you know you need to budget for it uh i told we had to go through some budget stuff recently and i basically said double it for next year and i was told that's crazy that's now more than the entire department budget and i said what are you talking about we are part of the department um but (laughs) uh regardless uh it's a lot of money um i just there's not much choice though like that's what materials are going to cost so get get ready now um yeah maybe find scrap find teams that are that have folded in the last like covid took out i don't know a thousand something teams from frc what happened to all their stuff right like there's a lot of robo rios and probably some falcons and neos floating around out there in the wild where are they Um, they didn't just disappear so uh, I, I'm guessing all of that is available if you know how to look for it and find it. And those are things you should probably be considering now. So, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Connor, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I know at least for the inflation, uh, what 166 is doing a little bit. Um, we for like for our offseason event, normally we we price it out for one hundred and seventy five dollars per team. Uh, we did a slight increase to twenty five, uh, an extra twenty five dollars, so two hundred dollars uh, in total. So it's an extra uh, five seventy five for the twenty three teams plus us that are competing. So like overall for the teams that will go, it's not a whole lot, but that at least gives us like an extra five hundred and seventy five dollars to throw towards raw material for the season or even. Like sometimes we get our field from first headquarters. So to be able to like pay for the pods or the box truck or whatever, that even goes a long way for itself. Um, I know we've started to, in uh, within the past few years, is get brand new sets of batteries every year. And then once that, once that season is over, use those as practice batteries and then retire them uh, the year after. So it might even have to go down to uh, biting the bullet and reusing some batteries from year to year just to be able to save on costs for that. Um, fortunately for us with our water jet sponsor, we get most of our sheet uh, aluminum and polycarbonate for free. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, we, we luck out huge there. Buy yeah. those guys a pizza party, man. 
<laughs> we, buy that guy a 30 rack and take care of him set. oh yeah for sure always um, always always tip the the second shift machinist man always oh, always <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah so in, even some of even some of the cot stuff like i would imagine i haven't really dug a whole lot into uh seeing any kind of price increase on like bex pro or whiskers products or rev but i would imagine that some stuff has started to go up um and be be comfortable using if you can't go and buy falcons be comfortable using some other uh motors i know what i've always gotten from some crap from some of my friends is why don't you guys use falcons you guys use neos and i go well there's two reasons one lack of qa uh problems and two they're in stock so well so forget that for a second i'm gonna mention something else if you're dead set on the ctre ecosystem from a programming standpoint there are still many sims and sims available to you do they weigh oh, yeah. more yes are they slightly less powerful yes can they still lift your robot in less than a second or two yes gear them appropriately yeah, and by the way available <laughs> it, it works with the talon srx's which you probably already have go scavenge them and use them again it's okay reuse right. components and yeah. for that i'm sure there's a lot of teams in in your area like that we're talking 2018 and prior that have a lot of that stuff. I'm sure they would be happy to part way with. Like I, we probably got about 30 to 40 Neos say, stacked up in our shop from like back to like 03, 04. I'm sure we can throw anyone like a few of them here and there. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I don't know. Don't, don't rule out brushed motors. Like they're not completely dead. Like I, I don't know. Don't don't yeah, be afraid of them. I agree. We use them. We use them for many years. It's gonna mm -hmm. be okay if you have to use one. Trust me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome from chat made a great point too. You can't even find a Raspberry Pi four for a reasonable price right now. I know. Yeah. Like just a quick search on uh on Google, one hundred ninety five dollars on Amazon for a Raspberry Pi four. When wow. a year and a half ago, I was working with a company that uses a Raspberry Pi 4 as the computing device for a industrial robot, and we were paying like $32 a piece for them. Yeah. So that is absolutely insane. Yeah, look at that. That was exactly what I had, Tyler. $195 for a Raspberry Pi 4 insane. Model B. Like, that is insane. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Ooh, well, you can get thirty dollar protection you, plan. You get that for that, baby. I hope that works for FRC robots. <laughs> I do, Anything else I... to add before we jump to the next topic? One one thing quickly, I just want to mention is uh, I will agree is talking to suppliers uh, that they are. Uh, also forecasting for a lot of what's been talking about too. So it definitely goes all the way up the supply chain, and uh, you will be seeing it as the end user or as a consumer. Yep. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I know we trust me. Go, go ahead. No, you're gonna see it. I you can't avoid it right now. So, like yeah. I said, my only hope is that maybe, just maybe, they they will enhance the rules to enable the uh, the use of alternative COTS computing devices. Um, that while you know still expensive and a little bit more than seven hundred dollars, they they're perfectly functional and equivalent in most ways. So, anyway. Be be ready to do more fundraising for your team and try and go around to get more sponsors. Even if you're going around town to like local businesses, if you can get like a hundred or two hundred dollars there, just like small sponsors, I can't tell you how much that adds up. So like I so I, I'm an Eagle Scout, and when I was uh, selling tickets for my pancake breakfast fundraiser for my project, uh, when I sat outside of Tractor Supply, uh, how many one or two or three dollar donations that I got. 
and like you don't think about it for like because it's like oh it's just like a dollar but like it adds up so if you can be able to like any kind of donation that you can do or like a gofundme or whatever like think of like new and creative ways to be able to get uh funding into your team account you're gonna need it this year for sure yep and uh meanwhile first is raising the registration fee to six thousand but that's time for time, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe next month yeah uh before we jump into our uh final topic we're gonna go ahead and bring tyra back on to talk about funds continued sponsor kettering university yeah you know kettering university we, we've talked a lot about like their first center uh and their esports leagues and cool stuff too but i want to just talk about for those looking to go to college uh kettering university a few things uh they're keeping uh, tuition to their 2019-2020 rate, which is awesome. So if you're looking at learning more about Kettering University, they have their Bulldog Preview Days coming up very soon. Go on their website, kettering.edu, uh, and you can attend that in summer. And as well, if you're uh, looking to go to a great event, Kettering Kickoff will be in September as well, too, where you can get a great taste of Kettering University, uh, the awesome district event that happens there. It's a fantastic event, too. Uh, and the Kettering uh, Kickoff event is a great preview uh, for those workshops. So open houses and more at Kettering edu check them out if you're looking for a great school to go to uh where a lot of people over 30 percent of people who attend there we're in competitive high school robotics yeah also worth noting too i believe kettering is actually the only university in the state of michigan that is keeping their tuition rates everybody else has raised them so good for kettering on uh, that part to try and help us out but uh third and final topic we're gonna be taking a look at a thread that marshall actually had uh, created which is looking at the um items that are sub five dollars that are not in the kit of parts that should be um this is one of my all-time favorite threads of the year to be honest with you and the, the the discussion that came from it was absolutely awesome and just the constant you know posts of different things being listed and whatnot so uh marshall we'll go ahead and just kind of throw it to you and walk us through the idea behind putting the thread together and what ended up yeah. coming out of it so uh at our at district championships this year uh chris rake who's now COO for first uh he came down and he's actually a North Carolina native or uh was before moving up to New Hampshire and anyway uh Chris and I got into a conversation about things to improve the team experience and I specifically one of the things we were talking about while there is uh the the electrical system particularly the main breaker there are these little star nuts that come with it um and it's not that they're bad they work great if you're on a boat or uh maybe putting it in a car that's not undergoing a lot of crazy high vibrations and you're maybe putting it on a wall somewhere or something like it's fine uh on an frc robot no not fine uh, just just, just <laughs> no i i know like there, there there's a reason a nylon lock nuts are a a device that is very useful fastener type that is extraordinarily useful it's what you should be using for the main breaker um and if you can if you can get away with it forget the little funny goofy split lock washers and everything else go straight for nord locks uh as the preferred methodology for for securing those things down and making sure they do not move um i I can't tell you how many times I've seen it bite teams over and over and over loose cable there and it ends a match and it doesn't end it in a, like, it's never a fun way to end a match. Like it, not that electrical problems in general are fun, but like, it's not novel. It's not unique. It's the same thing everybody sees. And the FTAs will come over and tell you, you know, your, your battery voltage was low for a, for a part of the match. And like the battery was fine. We changed it. We, we did the beak on it and everything. It was fine. And, 
no, it's your main breaker wire. It's loose. So I don't know. It, it seems like something they should include in the kit, in my opinion, like a couple of couple of quarter 24 lock nuts or M6 or whatever, like or make yeah. them on first choice or tell teams about them in some way. I, I don't know. It just seems like something that's pennies compared to the, the team experience of having a failed robot for no good reason. Um, the other thing that I specifically would love to see, uh, Vex or IFI, uh, the donation that they normally do was not there this year. I, I don't know that that's on them, but uh, what I what I can what what I can say is that I missed the little pack of stickers with the main breaker sticker and like the oh, yeah. pressure release valve and everything. I feel like those ought to just be included. Like it's a couple of vinyl stickers. It's a couple of bucks. Like for it's not even a couple of bucks. It's again no. pennies. Yeah. Like pennies for for the five thousand or whatever teams or however many there are now. I don't know three thousand teams. Like it's pennies to include them in the kit and like brand them with the first logo, like slap that on there, get, get that branding out there. Let's right. get it on everything. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I don't get it. Like the, these are things that I feel like really ought to be there. Um, the other, what was the other thing that came up? Uh, somebody, so we get every year in the kit of parts, we get the little poster that's got like, thanks for being an alumni from the program or whatever now. And like, here's all your scholarship information that's wonderful. It's useful information. It's great. Like include a QR code, whatever, but like, why not also throw something on there like a, a nut and bolt size chart or something I want to yeah. keep in a lab. Like mm. I have limited wall space and most of it's taken up by first junk uh, that we have <laughs> to keep like all the old SIM motors. Cause you know, inflation. Um, and for <laughs> right. whatever reason, like if we're going to put up a poster, it, it better be meaningful and have something to it other than, here's where you go for scholarship information when I can just tell them go to the first website and look for scholarships. Like right. I, I need something more to, to include it up in the lab. So make it happen. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a whole range of stuff that's in the kit. That's like less than five bucks and it's not there. Like one of the cool things that I think was included a couple of years ago, uh, the WPI lib team. Um, so D WPI live for those who are wrong. Um, the, uh, the, the WPI lib folks, they included a thing that was like all the WPI lib projects and it's like a magnet and it's one of the coolest things we have it on our like whiteboard in the lab and it's got all the little projects on it and stuff. And I can point to it and I talk to it cause it's got all the links for everything. And it's just, it's cool to have that and have it available for students to look at and stuff. And I think it's great because it serves as a reminder like, Hey, like if you haven't considered WPI, maybe you should like they are supporting right. programs like this and doing cool open source stuff and cool robot stuff. So, so like, it's things like that, that I, I want more of like a lot more. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's me. What do you guys think? Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of start it. Out. I guess my biggest thing and, I've been a pretty big proponent of this for a while, but in at least in the rookie kit, and maybe it's been a while since I was a rookie, so maybe it's gotten upgraded since then. But if I'm correct, that in either of kit, there is not like a basic Allen wrench set in either of the kits. And maybe there is in the rookie kit now, but I don't remember. I don't recall there being one. I know that I think there's some Allen wrenches that come with the kit of parts, but don't quote me on that. I'm 100% sure. But regardless, I like... An Allen wrench is probably the single most used tool in FRC outside of like a basic socket set. That's we got to have that in the kit of parts. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, the other thing that really comes to mind um, for me, and I don't remember if it was in the kit this year. I know it used to be in the kit um, a couple years ago. And again, this is a Vex thing, but 
identifying those flipping gear sets in the planetaries is the most difficult mm. thing if you do not have a direct diagram with it. And Vex used to, and when I was a student, you'd get this giant poster that was like, I don't know, like three feet long by two feet. And it had every gear set blown up. So I could just take the sun gear off and go count. Bing, 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 bing. Okay, this is a three to one. Put it down, put it in a bag, sharpie it, and make sure it stays there. And I didn't think we got that this year. And I think that was a pretty unfortunate. But, um, you know. Yeah. I, I will say, like, that that problem went away for us completely this year with the Max Planetary right. System. Like, yeah. oh my god, what a... Yeah, I've heard great things abs- about the Max Planetary. I just, I'm I'm in love. Uh, <laughs> I, I need more of that in my life, uh, is, is what we need. Like, I, I love the sealed system, the fact that it was labeled. Yeah. So, um, I did get yelled at by Greg for putting more grease inside the thing, or maybe it was Eric, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> the... It, they they do come with grease, but we added more because you know that's what we're used to doing basically. Um, right. But it's a fantastic system overall, and I don't know, saved me headache there. But yeah, the thread had a lot of great suggestions. I, I there were a couple that I was like, I maybe people don't know what all was in the kit apart. Somebody was like, we ought to have electrical tape, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure there is red and black electrical First tape choice. in every kit and in the kit. So yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's there because I think we end up with more of it in the lab every year. And I'm like, right. I don't know what to do with this. We don't, <laughs> like, it's really funny. I think there are teams who probably, they use nothing but electrical tape for connections and securing them. We're like full on heat shrink for most things. And if we absolutely had to use it, we would, but we just don't like, it's, it's not something we need a lot of. Yeah. So, but I don't know, just, I, I think in general the the kit is fantastic. It would be nice to see a few things that are kind of low hanging fruit uh, to to improve the overall team experience. So simple things that a lot of teams are already doing. It's it'd just be nice to include it in the the, the kit and hand it to them and say here this is part of this. So yeah, yeah totally agree. Absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna jump around a little bit here. Okay. Um, so. I always think zip ties are always a nice one to have. You can never have too, too many, uh, in my opinion. Um, I really, and I completely forgot that this, that this existed. Uh, what Karthik had posted in the thread about the uh, NASA Robotics oh, yeah. Alliance project. I hmm. totally forgot that was a thing. And I guess, I think the first, when it came out, it was like 2015. It's been updated since then. So when I saw that post, I actually decided to stop working during the workday at my desk and read through it and how much stuff I even learned just going through it. Um, I would look, I mean, yes, there it's digital and you can just be like, Oh, like here it is. But I can't think of how many teams that just aren't as in tune with the community as we are, even people on chief Delphi or people who follow uh, first on social media, stuff like that. Uh, will even like think about this or be like, I've never known this that this existed. Yeah, it's if a that's a long that, document too. <laughs> there is like two hundred plus pages or something. Wow. It's it's ins- it's insane. Um, print that and, off and put that in the rookie kit. <laughs> yeah. S- speaking of rookie kit, because that's actually where I was going to go. Oh, perfect. Um, th- this this isn't a five dollar item, but I truly believe that this should be in here. Uh, it should be a battery beak. Um, 100% agree. Yeah, I know it's it's $80 on Andymark, um, but and that's one of those other things of I can't believe how many teams I've seen each season have 
problems with dead batteries. Uh, they bring their robot to the field and then boom, there's $500 right there uh, in your match that you just lost because you didn't check your battery or you accidentally left in an old battery. Um, that's where I like to, <laughs> the, the, those are so, so important. We keep, we have, we have two different battery chargers. We keep one on each one. Um, just, just so that if for some reason, one of them goes missing, boom, there's a backup. Um, and even if that never gets added to the kit of parts, I recommend buying one, if not two. Um, and looking through the, uh, through the kit of parts, this one mind boggles me. Uh, from the gray tote this past year in 2022, there was one Neo motor, but there were two Spark Max motor controllers, which well, doesn't, I, I, I don't understand that too, too much. I mean, Sure, like if one motor control, if you brick one of them or, or something like that, then well, then you but, can swap out for another. But it would make more sense if it's one and one, or in this case, two and two, because the motor controller is $80 versus a $45 motor. Well, you can use the Spark Max for doing brush motor control, which I think is like, it, it's, again, another reason to go back and use maybe motor controllers we've all forgotten about. Um, but like, I, I kind of with you, like there should have maybe been another motor there. I don't know. So I, I'm sure there's some financial reason they couldn't, like they were recovering from COVID like everybody was. Yeah. Um, but maybe that'll get changed. I, I have a feeling we're due for a, a brushless upgrade for something. Um, maybe, maybe it was, I, maybe it won't happen because of supply constraints. I don't right. know, but I could see it happening for, for a lot of rookies. Um, it seems like something that's probably been in the works for a while. Yeah. So wait, with, with all the buyback programs, so like with Rev's buyback program, I, I find it a little hard to believe that there would be a new motor, but I hey, yeah. you never know. Yeah. Now, I, you know, it's funny, we were talking about it earlier, like one of the things that I think didn't come up, and for good reason, the buyback program right now with FTC, there's a shortage of all the FTC components. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That. So like I, my normal not so flippant but realistic suggestion of a lot of frc teams particularly in their first year really ought to be doing ftc so they can at least understand culturally how all this stuff comes together and what needs to happen and have some experience of you know what we're doing even though i realize it's it's a very different program i'm not saying they're the same that's not it but yeah. that suggestion doesn't really work so i mean ftc is less money and it's less resources but at the same time like when you can't get stuff because the shortages are so real like <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do i mean that that's even with F with frc with the uh with the rev pdh uh, i've seen posts on chief delphi and facebook and, uh, and on some of the discords like hey does anyone have like a spare uh pdh that they're willing to part with i'm like good luck oh, unless wow. if you find a team that's folding uh I, yeah. you're not gonna find one well, and the chances are, if they're folding, they didn't buy one this past year, is my guess. So I could be wrong. I mean, right. teams do strange things, but like, yeah, my recommendation in general is get what you can while you can, because I this is gonna it's gonna go on for at least another year and a half, if yep. not longer. So yep, for sure. Um, yeah, there were some other cool suggestions in that thread too. Just simple stuff around tools, and there were a couple of I think fittings and parts uh, that I don't know. I think people want to see more nuts and bolts included. I was surprised by that a little bit. I'm I don't know. I'd like to see that to be honest. We that that's sure. how we fasten our robots. We don't use rivets or anything like that. So like ten thirty two nuts and and 
nylon lock nuts. I would love to see those. Yeah, Alan had a lot of great suggestions. Although, oh, yeah. general, he always does. <laughs> yeah. Spectrum's got some lists, let me tell you. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you didn't get a chance to take a look at the thread, I did just paste that link in chat. Um, so thank you all for tuning in to FRC Roundup. Special thanks to all those who clicked that follow button or stepped up to help fund with a Twitch subscription or donation this stream. Your support really helps us continue to make great content. Don't forget, you can watch FRC Roundup archived at youtube.com forward slash first updates now and watch live Mondays after FRC recap during the competition season or monthly now that we are in the off season. Thank you again, Marshall, to our guest for coming on today. And on behalf of our producer, Tyler, my co-host, Connor, and all fun correspondents, I'm Nick Jr. And thanks for watching. Good luck to any of the teams that may be competing in an off-season events before our next show. See you next time, same day, same time, where we take a look at what is going on in, with FIRST Robotics on FRC Roundup. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to Kettering University for their support of this video. Kettering University hosts three co-op employment fairs each year for incoming and current students. Participating in the co-op employment process at Kettering is a great way to begin turning robotics experience into a professional career to earn money towards graduating debt-free. If you are a senior, it's not too late to apply at kettering.edu apply. Thanks to Stryker Careers for their support in this video. First alumni and mentors are making Stryker a top priority for their internships and careers. That's because Stryker knows that those in first are the leaders and innovators of tomorrow. If you want to help make the world a better place by creating life-saving medical devices and technology, get started at careers.stryker.com. Thanks for watching. If you want to join us for future fun streams, be sure to click the follow button and turn on the notification bell to know when we're live. Keep the conversation going and provide your input to our content. View archives and unique content at youtube.com forward slash first updates now. Join our Discord at discord.gg forward slash first updates now. And check out Fun FTC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And first updates now on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.